rather get blipped or staying glued to your seat across the multiverse or across the street. It's MCU on repeat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our phase zero for Black Panthers Wakanda Forever. This is a segmented podcast where we talk about the newest thing in the MCU, and it just so happens to be this movie. Um, we like to start off positive. Blaine, you're more so positive on this movie, yes? I I really liked this movie. I think Ryan Coogler handled everything really well. Uh, it's it's uh it's not like a difficult story to like comprehend or anything, but a lot in this a lot of this is heavy because of the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Um obviously, I mean, but like he he left such a big impact on just the character of the Black Panther alone and with the success of the first movie, whether you liked it or not, I mean, it's it's heavy and like the the way they started the movie off, I was like, "Oh, oh shit, like they're really they're really just going to address it in movie. Like that's crazy." And I yeah. my jaw was dropped a lot of this movie and like it's like and it's it's all the moments of like how they want to honor the legacy of him, but also like you have to move the story on past this. And I think they did it really well i think this this i'm the leak reader so like i'm the guy who leads all the reads all the leaks so the opening to me wasn't surprising but it still got to me like the entire opening where shuri's trying to save t'challa because t'challa kind of the last second is like hey i'm sick the herbs wearing off i need you to make a new one because killmonger destroyed all the previous ones and um, you see this conflict with uh, Shuri, and shout out to Letitia Wright because she really signed up to be a supporting character and role for Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, and she had to really step into her own shoes here. And this this entire movie, I mean, there there's plenty of themes. There's a plethora of themes, but it really revolves around, you know, um, her belief and her abilities in science and the faith of the Wakandans. And um, it even starts off with her going, Bast, if you could... And it's a completely black screen. It says, Bast, if you help me save my brother, I'll never question your existence again. And she's not able to, of course, as we know. Um, I am one of these... I am, I am of the mind that I think this is probably the best film in the MCU. Um, seen it twice, saw it Thursday night, saw it Friday, Friday night with my tear, uh, bubbling wife who could not talk about the movie without crying. She was that impacted by it. And I would argue that the, that the first Black Panther, which I don't particularly care for, um, and all the criticisms involved with that movie, I think Ryan Coogler not only handled Chadwick's death, respectively, advances the story to the third movie which we can clearly see what it's going to be i mean like from a mile away how they integrated the story with each other from you know the criticism on the ps4 fight scene and him actually using practical suits for this movie the production design uh ludwig Göransson's score especially for the dora milaje like oh my and the, and the talokans so it's like Everything about this movie, I would argue that it's the best film, arguably, in the MCU. There was a lot of moments, especially with the uses of anamorphic lenses. He really wanted this to be a personal film where the subjects of question are the center of the frame and everything's blurred out. There's a lot of blurring. There's a lot of con confusion and, and days for these characters in this movie because there's a lot to process. There's a lot to process with... Uh, Angela Bessett's character, um, even M'Baku at a certain part of the film, and Namor, he's, oh my god, Hinnok kills it. Like, I feel like there's so many things in this movie, and there's nothing I can talk about that really would do this movie justice. This is the first movie um, it, that I, I kind of compared it to Endgame, which after the movie, it was kind of like, you know, for my wife and I, it was we didn't talk about it. We just did not talk about it. We didn't go back to see it because it was kind of like, 
oh man, this is the end. And that's kind of what it felt like in this movie, but it was real. Like Chadwick left such an impact. This whole movie is a tribute to him and it's basically a funeral to him and it honors his memory and moves in a direction that I think is admirable. I just think there's so many things about this movie that I think are flawless that when I walked out of the movie, I only had one nitpick with it. And we've talked about this nitpick, I think, for the past four weeks, which is Ryan Coogler fell into this trap of uh, bringing in the Midnight Angels and making fun of comic book stuff. Ryan, what are you doing? Like, Oh, the yeah, fact yeah, yeah. The f- Dude, like, I'm like, oh, they're bringing in Ta-Nehisi Coates' Midnight Angels, and they're, oh, that's cool, and then it's like, these are ugly. I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. Those are cool, and you know, but, like... But to be fair, okay, oh, um, they're I'm so just cool. gonna, we're gonna, let's do some quick non-spoiler stuff, because I feel like this movie is a movie where we should do non-spoiler and spoiler, so, and we all know Chadwick Boseman died, so I'm not gonna say anything about obviously the beginning because in real life he's he's no longer with us so <laughs> oh wait i i was i was confused i was like i thought you were continuing no no, no. i was just saying like let's not let's not d- dive right into like spoiler super big spoilers i guess you know what i mean um okay i don't outside of that i have really nothing to say outside uh non-spoiler context like i think this is arguably the best mcu film in terms of production design directing um, a lot of great cinematography a lot of great use of lighting um the set designs are just so phenomenal um the use of cgi and practical suits phenomenal yeah, I, I wish thought more that was MCU, really great more mcu directors should um take note of that i think i think the fact that like i think the fact that uh, Talokan is not like uh, just a complete copy of like Aquaman's underwater stuff, especially considering you know the way the water um, trailer played before this. I think it was interesting to kind of stick to like what the ocean actually looks like in that context. Uh, interesting choice, um, and like I love the similarities between the Talokans and the Wakandans. I think there's some really cool symmetry there. That, again, I think is just utterly beautiful. And I think Namor is one of my favorite MCU antagonists right now. I think Hinnock is a great actor. He's such a fantastic actor. Every time he talked, I think he commanded the screen. I think every time... I think Angela Bassett, honestly, probably delivers one of... Probably the best, arguably, performance in the MCU, period. Um, And that's a tall task. And every time she spoke, she commanded attention. There's there's particular instance in the first part of the movie where um, she's talking about a circumstance that's happening and the way she kind of directs her body language to kind of show the power that she has yeah. as the Queen of Wakanda is just the, just the acting in general, man. It's just absolutely... Anytime somebody talked, I was paying attention. There's a particular scene with Letitia Wright and, and Baku later in the movie that I was just like, man, this is this is something. And even in Baku, like, they t- take his character, you know, in subtle little directions, especially dialogue-wise, where he doesn't have to say anything. He just kind of grunts. But you know what yeah. he means. Yeah, yeah. Like... I agree. That's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, I got to say, um, <clears throat> looking at things like, like Angela Bassett, like, oh, she, who queen, fucking, kills it. fucking queen, uh, literally and in the movie queen, uh, fucking and when she, when she delivered the line of like, I am the queen of the most powerful country in the world and I have no family. And I'm just like, damn. Like, that was just in the trailer alone. Yeah. I mean, like I said, in the beginning part where, you know, she just says a simple line of dialogue where she's like, 
any other attack on her uh, foundations will be seen as an act of aggression. And she does this thing where her shoulder with her shoulders, where it seems like she was stooping a little bit, but she rolls her shoulders to kind of show dominance at the UN. And I was just like, "Fuck, she is killing it!" Like, yeah. oh my god. And it kind of frustrated me at first because she was talking, and then the editing cuts to another location. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to hear her speak. She has me. And then, thankfully, it cut back. But, like, I was just like, every time she was on screen and you saw that look in her eye, especially, you know, with that speech that I'm the queen of the most powerful nation, like, in the world. And, like, she has that look in her eyes before she starts talking. And everybody has that same look. And it's kind of like, you feel like she's the queen in this movie. She commands that respect. Like, the dialogue that she speaks commands the entire room. I just think, honestly, it's probably the best performance in the MCU coming from, uh, which is which is bold considering the, the direction the movie takes. So it's, oh, Angela Bassett, shout out to you. So good, so good. Um, okay, Ty, I think we're okay uh, to talk about some... Big time spoilers now. So if anybody wants to see this movie first, you can tune off out of the episode for now, and then you can come back after you've seen the movie. But you've been warned. There is big time spoilers. I figured this movie, the 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 impact of this movie needed a little bit of non-spoiler to spoiler. That's why I wanted to do it this way. So you're being warned. We're going deep, deep into uh, spoilers now. Ty, take Yo, it, this take it away. Sad. This movie's so fucking sad. sad. Every, a lot of people die. And not, you know, not just, uh, you know, in real life with, with Chadwick Boseman, but the queen dies. And the effect it has on um, Shuri and, wow, um, even Okoye stuck in that weird situation with the queen where it's like, mother, I have given everything. And she's like, Really? Because when Killmonger was on the throne, um, I had to go to the Jabari and beg for protection. And you can kind of tell the toll that is taken on her shoulders. Um, even like how she reacts to Namor and his threats. And she takes them seriously. She does. But at the same time, there's a little bit of arrogance there where it's like, I can do this. And clearly... That the clearly Wakanda needed the Black Panther and Letitia Wright taking up the mantle as Black Panther and using a practical suit. Thank God. Oh my God, it's so pretty. Um, and her dialogue with M'Baku, where it's like, hey, by the way, um, I'm going to kill him because my mother's gone and you should stop talking about her the way that she was because she's gone. Her hopes and dreams, everything she wanted from me, it's gone. So I'm going to kill Namor, and you're going to do it with me. And there's this moment where he just grunts, where you know he disagrees with the situation. But at the same time, he respects the fact that she has to work it out and almost trusts her to make the right decision. So it's, oh, my God. I don't, I don't, I mean, Namor says, uh, mutant, that's cool. He's the first that's mutant cool. of the comics. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. There's so much. There's so much in this movie. Uh, I, I, I'm the, I love, okay. I love the fact that they're setting up the fact that the world wants vibranium and they are willing to destroy Wakanda. That's clearly where the trilogy is going, like a war for Wakanda. And this felt like, in all honesty, it felt like Black Panther 1.5. Like it felt like a sequel, but it felt like this was the first part to something that is going to take over by storm. Like the world is going to invade Wakanda for vibranium. Um, Namor is going to be there. And with his selfish greediness that, you know, he's going to um, kind of use it for his own plans. And we, we can see that from a mile away. One of the criticisms I heard about this movie is it felt bloated. And I didn't think that at all. I just think that they set up the next movie coherently using the storyline of this one. Um... Oh, what else? Uh, the allusion to the fact that M'Baku is probably going to be the next king, which is interesting. Um, having a king and a Black Panther, that would be really cool. Again. Um, Especially a king who's not the Black Panther. 
Yes, because like I that. mean, usually, usually it's separated. Like in Tanahisi Coates' run, it's yeah. separated. Like they ha- they have royalty and they have the Black Panther because there's there's a different political thing going on there. Where if you're the judge, jury, executioner, and Black Panther, then it kind of becomes muddled. You need that the checks and balances. So yeah. I think it would be really fascinating to go. That way, especially considering Mbaku's becoming kind of like her, not guidance, but like um, person in her ear, person on her shoulder. Like, hey, do you really want to I do like that? his character development throughout the first film into this one. I like that. Like how he's just like progressing into like, even even throughout the first one, he was just like, he's he's kind of like an a- like an asshole. Like he's portrayed as kind of like an asshole in the beginning. But then he like becomes like an ally to T'Challa. And this one, he's he's being that like angel on Shuri's shoulder saying, Hey, you know, like you need something. I, I'm, I'm here for you kind of deal. Like I made your brother a promise. Like I'm going to, going to protect you and, and stuff like that just in case you need it. And I like that. I like that for Mbaku. Oh yeah. There, I mean, there's specifically a line that I balled my eyeballs at. And mind you, I cried a lot during this movie, two nights in a row. I cried every time. Um, my wife was a puddle of tears the entire movie. Um, I have her comments later. I'll read them. But there's a particular line where she was like, you know, I thought I was just some child who scoffed at tradition. And he says, um, you've lost too much to be considered a child. And it's like, oh, fuck. You know, he and in and, and the first part of the movie, he's still that M'Baku that you'd love. You know, like he's he's um, it. Well, it's simple. We find that uh, winged man and we kill him. And you know, uh, like him, him making a uh, snide remarks to the guards at the entrance, where like they approach him, and he's just like, "Oh, oh, oh," you know, things like that. Yeah. Like and he's still in Baku, but there's a certain point where Shuri needs guidance, and he steps in immediately, and kind of becomes that guy and elevates himself to like a new level. I didn't know what was impossible for this character, and it was just. It was a beautiful thing to see because it was it was like this makes sense, but at the same time, like he elevated himself from that guy who um has that comic relief into in him to more of a dramatic actor, an actor who doesn't have to speak that much but can use his eyes, his body language, and simply grunts to convey his message. And I just thought a lot of those scenes were directed so good. Man, Ryan Coogler he does a Arguably. fucking fantastic job directing. Like, I hope he caps this trilogy off with a fucking banger, too. Yeah, me too. Because I just, you know, even, even I mean, with, uh, you know, we're in spoilers, with T'Challa, T'Challa Jr., like, like, we know where that's eventually oh, going. It's just... I oh. weeped. I weeped when that happened. Yeah, I after the movie ended, my wife was crying and I was like, what's your favorite part? And she was trying to explain that scene that I just mentioned about M'Baku and Shuri, because when she was a kid, um, she went to like 15 funerals by the time she was five years old. Like she had such a big family. They all died off. And that line about you've lost too much to be considered a child really struck her. And the movie ended, and she just couldn't stop crying. And I was like, well, it's it, there's still a mid credit scene. You're going to cry more. And she saw Nakia and the kid, and she was like, oh, fuck, I know where this is going, and just started bawling her eyeballs out. <laughs> and I did, too. That kid was so sweet. Like, it was like, it was, he was it a was good more kid so actor. Tears. I liked it. He's such a cute kid. I heard you can keep secrets. I'm like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> He's such a, you know? like, that was, that was a really cute scene. I liked that a lot. And it but, even <laughs> makes sense because, like, earlier in the film, uh, the queen goes to Haiti and, to see Nakia, and you see him running up to her, so he knows her, which is interesting because the first time I watched it, I was like, what? That's weird. Why would just a kid run up to a random adult? So he knows her. And uh, also the line that I completely forgot about because it was there, but I didn't think about it ever again. You know, uh, Shuri's mom was like, I need to tell you something about T'Challa. Obviously alluding to the fact that he has a child. Um, not, not with, Notwithstanding the fact that he knew he was going to die and that he prepared his son for his death and told him not to come to Wakanda 
to grow up in the same system that he grew up in, which is this, again, a theme of uh, generational trauma that I think is fascinating in this movie. I think it's safe to assume that Nakia and little T'Challa were were unaffected by the snap. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's a safe assumption because she's like, you left us six years ago. Right after Thanos, so um, yeah, I that that's the first thing I picked up because I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So she wasn't snapped. That I was, I was wondering how they were gonna address if they were even gonna address the the Infinity War Endgame thing with Nakia not being there, and uh, I'm really glad that they uh, they did. They did, and it's it's, yeah. oh man, it's painful. It's painful. I think I cried. I will tell you, I cried. um, I didn't cry during the intro. And the funeral scene is a celebration of life. You know, as as, uh, T'Challa said, death is not the end. And it was a celebration. And I'm like, this is a different tone than I was expecting. And then right before they take T'Challa's casket off, um, the queen and Shuri put their hand on the casket and they back away, and Shuri loses it, and that's when I lost it. And I lost it even more when they started lifting up the casket, and it was playing the ancestral plane like score yeah. from the first film. I fucking lost it, dude. I was like, "There's no fucking way that you're gonna do this to me." Like, I, I, oh. I, I have to, uh, I have to take an L, Ty, on this movie. Okay. Um, so a while back when we were talking about, uh, all the SDCC reveals and everything that were going on, we were talking about this movie specifically and we were just like, how cool would it be if she saw Bast or something from Thor Love and Thunder? Obviously, uh, when Shuri, she recreates the herb to get the powers of the Black Panther, she successfully recreates the herb. And I know you read the spoilers, but I don't know if you read them at that <laughs> point in time. I did. So. I did. You cheated. Because <laughs> I, re- I remember you brought up Bass, and I was like, or maybe it's somebody she doesn't necessarily agree with. I, d- I do remember that conversation. I take I the L. Cheat. I take the L. When, she, when Shuri decides that she's going to take on the power and the role of the Black Panther, she takes the herb that she artificially made, gets the powers, goes to the ancestral plane, and who does she fucking see, Ty? She sees Killmonger, which makes sense. It's not like it's thrown in or anything. She's consumed by vengeance, and the movie confronts the fact. It's like, why did you take the herb? You didn't do it to see your family. You wanted to kill Namor, and that's why you see me. Because you have the same anger and vengeance in your heart as I did. And I was like, yes, it makes sense. It's potent. So, uh, Ryan Coogler, man, he's just, he's that dude. Fuck. <laughs> I really Fuck. wanted it, was it to be so good. It was so good. I, I think we could take the ultimate L, which um, I read the leaks going up to this movie. And there was a certain point in time where the leaks excluded a final post credit scene. Um, there was there was a point where they just removed it. And watching the movie, um, and the 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 rumor for the post credit scene was a stand in for Doom was supposed to appear. And I think it would have been jarring, and I wouldn't have liked it. I think the post credit scene being no, in loving memory of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I think I think just saying in loving memory of Chadwick Boseman was literally perfect. That's that's all I needed. And not only to mention like. Like going back to the opening of this this film, like the funeral scene is the opening, and then they do the Marvel fanfare, and all it is is basically not only a moment of silence, which the theater was incredibly silent, but it was also you could hear wind, and all it was was pictures and videos of Chadwick Boseman. They and did the opening the that this, they have for Disney Plus on Black Panther when he died. They changed the opening, and that's what that one is. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful because it it's just all you hear is wind, and then at the end when Shuri finally burns her funeral garments and closes her eyes and sees Chadwick Boseman, all she hears is the wind. So the the movie kind of begins and caps off 
with like a semblance of peace and remembrance for Chadwick Boseman. So it's it's just it's one of those things, where, man. Dude, I you know it's 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 tough. Like, and I love the fact again going back to the very first UN scene with Angela Bassett, where France and the United States is like, we're concerned that Wakanda hasn't shared anything with us because y'all said you would, and Angela Bassett's like. We know what you're saying in the shadows. The king is dead. You know, the Black Panther is gone. And then it cuts to the uh, research center. And wh- one of my favorite, first off, I ha- I cannot mention enough, Ludwig Goranson's score in this movie is ar- arguably the best score in the MCU, like along with Danny Elfman's Multiverse of Madness. But I feel like this was the fucking shit. No, like, totally, this stuff really stood oh, out a lot. Oh, fuck. Fuck, it slapped. Like, and you see you see the French soldiers going in, opening up the vibranium door. And one thing I love about this movie is everything we saw in the trailers, color grading, CGI, practical stuff, it carried over into this movie. Because I know they changed some of the stuff in post in the first Black Panther movie. It threw a lot of people off. It is not like that here. And you see the Dora Milaje walk through with brilliant lighting. And you just hear their theme, which is like, hut! It's like I can't I could I couldn't do it justice. But like their theme comes on and you're just like fuck yeah. Let's it's fucking really go. Fucking good. I all right, I'm going to talk I want to talk about uh the the two to two people. So first of all, say what you will about everything that happened during the production of this movie with Letitia Wright and and everything like that. Um I get it. I'm not going to you know take part in that. Um, but she does a fucking fantastic job taking up the mantle of Black Panther. She acts the shit out of this movie. She's yeah, so fucking she good. Um, it, but it's believable. It's so believable. My my two big standouts though are Namor or Namor. You can say it however you'd like, I guess, because they do say it both ways in this movie. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna say Namor because that's how. No more pronounces it, uh, just like Shang Chi. Uh, but no, Ironheart really fucking stood out with me, and I Riri Re- Williams. Riri Williams was so yeah. good. Oh my I God. loved her. Her chemistry, her charisma. One of the things, because I watch reviews before movies, because I don't. I watch their reviews, and then when I watch the movie, and I like look for their criticisms, and I can be like. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. And one of the criticisms was is she's basically America Chavez. And let me tell you no. something. She's it's like the similar position, but she's a completely different character. If anything, one thing I really 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 appreciate about this movie is that <laughs> um uh that's that's problematic Ty what you just did. Oh, I was just saying her name. I know like, you were, but... <laughs> oh, no, I'm not even thinking about it in that context. Oh, my God. One thing I really appreciate about this movie is Ryan Coogler. Uh, a lot of complaints I have about a lot of movies is that these actors give in some good performances, and then they edit around them. One thing I... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, love it or hate it, I love it. They There's not enough Adam Driver, right? There's just not... This movie is two hours and 40 minutes because Ryan Cooler gives these people some time to shine. And Riri Williams is one of those individuals, man. She is like, she, you know, it's it's a very sad, somber movie. Like, this is probably, I would say, like, the le- one of the least humorous MCU movies, especially coming off the coattails of Love and Thunder. Completely different. Completely different. Oh, yeah, and Riri Williams opposites. is... Oh, yeah. And Riri Williams is kind of like, God, I'm getting, like... Taking back to my days where I can't say squirrel right, and I'm like, squirrel. Um, Riri is like that light that shines on this movie. Is like the full of charisma, like type person, and like she has some like Stark tech that I believe that she could operate. Like it wasn't out of left field. It was like, oh, she's smart. She's incredible. She can do this. And they just throw her. I was not expecting that, by the way. And that chase scene where she had that that Mark One armor, I was not expecting that. I was. I was so expecting that. Um, there are there are two nitpicks in this entire movie that I know that they just couldn't do because of what happened. Like they tried to do in She Hulk. So one, 
they try. I they go to MIT because that's where Riri is at for college because she's nineteen and a fucking genius. They don't show Spider-Man characters like Michelle yeah. or Ned or anything. Like I was really hoping to just see them like in the background. I don't know why, but that would have been a nice touch. But I know they couldn't, and that wouldn't have made sense to pay Zendaya or 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 Ned. Uh, Jacob Batalon, uh money to just show up for one day set and then be like, all right, bye. Uh, I know I want to made sense, um, but I was like, they could have just been in the background. It would have been a weird little nod. That would have been kind of cool, but that's not a big deal for me. Like, I'm not saying like they should have had them in there. Well, I am saying that it would have been cool to see them there, but like, it's not important, but like, I I liked, you know, I only had that one little nitpick, I guess. Sorry, I said two, and it's only one. But what I really liked about Riri Williams is that she develops this Mark One armor, and then with the Wakandan tech, she makes the really cool Mark Two. But I was like, how are they going to explain it to go to her show? Uh, that's all I was thinking about. Like, how are they going to explain it going into Ironheart's TV show? And, like, because we saw the behind-the-scenes photos of, like, that one armor that she's going to be wearing against, like, the hood and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. how is she going to get that armor? Why is she going to that armor and not the one that she has in this movie? Because this is literally perfect. And then she's like, I'm sorry, but you can't take it with you. And I'm like, ah, you did the thing. You did the thing. I'm sending you back to the cave. With a kind box of, of scraps. Exactly. Yeah, box of scraps. You know, oh, my favorite line delivery in this movie. There's plenty of line deliveries in this movie. That's awesome. But the the Fed, the Popo, as uh, Koye says, um, invade the Get shop. The and then she said, they say, what's that? Oh, shit, she's got an Iron Man suit. Like, I fucking lost it. I, I didn't really like that. Oh, shit, it. she's got an Iron Man suit. I, like I fucking, oh, dude, I fucking lost it. No, I, you know, and like a lot of people on Twitter, you know, fuck y'all. Uh, we're making fun of like Rebu Williams suit, calling it like a anime style suit. First off, cool. It is. Um, second off, it's fucking cool. Um, third off, it's really fucking cool. And then fourth off, we know it's going to eventually develop into something that's not that. Cause we all have common sense and we know these characters grow. Um, but, like, man, this suit was so fucking cool. Like, the fact that... I love the little line where she's like, shit, he's fast, but I'm faster. And then you just see the Mark II fucking fire up and whoosh. And I love the fact that she helps Shuri take down Namor. Like, because that dude, fuck, dude. They, there's a particular shot in this movie to really give you... Um, of course, he's, uh, you know, according to the, the, the producers and the director, that, you know, he's stronger than the Hulk and he's arguably one of the strongest Marvel characters ever. Um, there's a particular shot where M'Baku thinks he can take this motherfucker on by himself. Spoiler, he can't. And he just punches M'Baku's chest and immediately tells you what kind of motherfucker Namor is. And he's the guy that does not fuck around. And when he punches this dude in the chest and it's slow-mo, you can feel the pain and the fucking crunch and everything going on with that. Not not even just that. When he fights Shuri later on as the Black Panther, fuck, that was a brutal fight. Like, the only one I can compare it to in the MCU is uh, Goblin and Spider-Man in No Way Home. I was just like, like when she rips off his wing on his foot, I was like, oh my god. They're being serious with this. You know, like, Shuri getting, fuck, dude, the violence. Oh, jeez. Oh, like, uh, even some worrisome moments, like when Okoye, when the car flips and Shuri gets knocked out, and the Talokans come, and she's fighting all of them by herself, there was a real sense of danger. Like, there's tension. Oh, my God. There's so many cool things in this movie, dude. I have fucking... It's sad, but it's like, oh, that's dope. That's fucking dope. Yeah. The Midnight Angels, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh my god, that armor looks actually really cool. <laughs> it does. Like when I saw that, I was like, "Oh yes!" At the only one of the only things I've ever read for Marvel is Tanahisi Coates' Black Panther run, and it has paid off. It has paid off, and they, apparently they're stupid looking. Apparently, I'm like, no, no, no they're cool. That was actually kind of really cool looking. I really like that blue and gold and stuff. I really like that a lot. 
Oh fuck, dude! Because in Tanahisi Coats Run, it's like there there's two parts of Wakanda that kind of divided by the males and the females, and the Dormalage basically go on a rebellion against Wakanda for not appreciating the women enough, and they use those those Midnight Angel suits, and it's just like, oh my god, they're so beautiful. How are you gonna say they look ugly and then make them look dope in the film? No, 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 you can't do that. <sighs> Well, they can't do that because they're dead, but... <laughs> Damn it. You made me fall for it. No, I really like that a lot. And I'm really glad, like, Okoye uh, was in the suit. I really liked that because I'm really glad Practical. they didn't like... I'm really glad they... Uh, so I, I had half expected that once Shuri became, like, the Black Panther and stuff like that, and you see, like, the, uh, you know... M'Baku is like, I'm here to challenge to be the king. And I was like half expecting to see Okoye come back in her Dora Milaje outfit after King Ramonda had died after stripping her of her title. And I'm really glad they didn't because that her being part of that group is. Whew, that is amazing. I love it so much. The Dora Milaje are rapidly my favorite thing in the MCU. They are like when people like are like, oh, the MCU. I'm like, you know what? The Dora Milaje can kick any dude's ass in the MCU. That's how fucking cool they are. Like, oh, my God. I, I do love that M'Baku scene because it's basically alluding to the fact that he's going to become king. And everybody pretty much unanimously agrees. Like, I, I, oh my God, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be so funny. Like them coming to him with problems and he's going to be, he's just going to like crack some comedic shit. Like, <laughs> like a super laid back King. Who's also very iron fisty, like with, with his rules and stuff. Yeah. Like I love the line. My second favorite line delivery, arguably the first is it's like, uh, you know, the, the spy has saved Wakanda again, and he's like, oh, glory to Hanuman. I'm sure the queen will reward her with a lifetime banishment. I'm yep. like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, they, I don't know. I don't I don't feel like we've talked about Hanak or the... the how, I was actually the, just the, about to talk about them. Yeah. I love how, like... So, first of all, King Atuma. Oh, I loved those designs so much. I loved their little water masks and everything. Yes. Uh, I like how they're blue when they're out of the water and they're, like, normal looking when they're in the water. I love that little detail. I love Namor's little wings on his feet. That's something yes. I, thought that I thought they were going to get rid of those because Marvel seems to be... They'll give you their comic suits in this phase four, but they're also kind of like, mm, that might be a little too see, cheesy for things. See, some, somebody laughed the first time they saw it, and then once they saw him in Wakanda zipping around and flying, they were like, oh shit, never mind. I like, like how out he, loud. Like, I like how he can like kick himself to go to like different spots. Like it, <laughs> you know, like if you, if you've ever watched like, uh, the American Ninja Warrior stuff or like Wipeout. You know what I'm talking about? Where they'll like jump yeah. from platform to platform. That's what he does. He does like a little kick off the air <laughs> with his wings on his ankles. And he'll do with, like the little jumps. And I really liked that little thing. It was really cool. With like one signature flap. And like like he'll stop in dead place with like one flap. And then that flap, that those little wings are so pow powerful, he can accelerate to like such an insane velocity with those like and i really like how they explain how he's so powerful he draws oxygen from the water and the land or and excuse me and the air so that's how he's able to fucking punch through mbaku's chest like oh my god the dude was phenomenal i thought he killed also mbaku oh man i thought they I, were gonna, I thought they were gonna have a triple death in this movie I'm glad they did not. I'm and so you can glad they did. I thought they were going to do that. I was like, as soon as he punched, I was like, no. <laughs> and you can really see how unfazed Namora is. Like one of the line readings in this movie that I was like, you know, I really like you, but you're a son of a bitch. Is when he was like, he's like, uh, bury your dead, mourn your losses, and points to Shuri and goes, you're queen now. And I was like, this motherfucker. I fucking hate this guy. 
but I don't. I love him so much. He was so good. Um, like when, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just gonna say the actress who played uh, Namora. Yeah. She thought she was gonna be in for only like a cameo bit, like background, but they gave her the more prominent role, and she's just like, "Oh, I don't know what to do with this." <laughs> I really like that. Like I know, like she was like very like flabbergasted, like that she's just like, "Oh, I thought I was gonna be background. This is this is amazing. I love this." Two things I want to talk about real fast. One is hilarious. One is not so hilarious. Okay. When they get on that bridge to attack Okoye and the police officers show up and they're like, yeah, go kill those officers. And one of the police officers go, yo, is she blue? And then just takes a spear to the chest. And I was like, that's funny. <laughs> and then no, blue? Their, their introduction scene is one of the most eerie and unsettling things I have ever seen with them harmonizing like sirens in the water and basically having everybody jump to their deaths. Um, and, oh my God, what an introduction. I was like, this is um, uh, madness. Th- I Oh my God, they're terrifying. Like when Namor's like, I have more soldiers than you have blades of grass. I was like, I believe you. Because that's terrifying. That is utterly terrifying. Yeah. You know, there, there's one thing in this movie that I probably would have cut out because it really doesn't really doesn't serve a purpose in my opinion. And that's Valentina de Fontaine. Okay. I probably would have gotten rid of that because like she doesn't her, her bits in the movie aren't super important. And it's not like they use her to, like, set up more Thunderbolts or anything because she's going to be, like, the Nick Fury of that. She She's just there, and we find out she was married to Everett Ross. Um, she He finds, like, the Akoi, or Shuri's beads at, to communicate back to Wakanda, and she apparently bugged them. So like I I don't know I I her part really doesn't serve an actual purpose to the movie and if I were on the editing I would be like do we really need this to set up anything and I because it really doesn't it it's not super important I guess you need it to have Everett Ross get arrested and then be saved by Okoye at the end in that sick new suit but like that also really doesn't serve a purpose. Here's what I think. I love her inclusion in this movie because I have not really seen anything of her in the MCU. Like, yeah, she's with U.S. Agent and there's kind of some stuff there and there's some stuff in Black Widow where you're like, she's kind of shady, but you don't really know. And you kind of find out how much of an asshole she is here. Because this whole movie, I was like, "Eh, I feel like she's somewhat of an asshole. Why is she like sucking up to Everett? And then by the end... When she's like, that's director Fonte. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, This took a turn. I think mostly, and like I said, they're setting up the sequel. Um, Whenever Wakanda uh, or Black Panther Part 3 comes out in four or five years, I think they're setting up and they're doing a really good job of it. The entire world, particularly the United States, going into Wakanda and stealing vibranium. There's a really, really good line delivery that I found poignant where he's like, where Everett Ross is like, uh, could you imagine what would happen if the United States had vibranium? And she's like, oh, I dream of it. And I feel like that's the distinction of why you should have her in this movie because it clearly sets up the fact that, shit, I could see her commanding the Thunderbolts and being like, y'all need to invade Wakanda. And then Bucky being like, um, I don't. I don't know about that one. And there being a really cool moral moral dilemma there. Um, I don't know where they're going with it, but that was the first thing that popped up in my head. I'm like, okay, she's involved with it. I could see the Thunderbolts coming into Black Panther Part 3 to help them invade Wakanda to overthrow some of the, the, the firepower that they do have. So if that happens, then I'll be like, this was a good move. But outside of that, I, I just think she's a really good folding point in this movie to really show the United States interest in Wakanda and how much of a piece of shit we are. Because this movie, 
especially the theme is all about colonialism. Uh, you know, people waging war for resources. Um, and Wakanda and uh, the Talokan being kind of stuck in the middle of that. And the United States reinforcing their love for colonialism for power. So I feel like hopefully if the Thunderbolts do come out, that's the direction they go. I would be floored and in love if they did that. Especially with Bucky. Bucky would be like, I don't know about this, guys. We do like, get a sly reference to him in this. We do? I missed yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a very short piece of dialogue. It's just like we had that guy stay here or whatever. Yeah, it's it's a very remember. it's a very slight reference. It's just one line of dialogue. It's a throwaway. But you oh, talk is, about him. Is, is, that, is that something the Queen says? I don't think it's something the Queen says. It's somebody. Might have been a Koye or something. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. It's a very throwaway line, but they do reference Bucky about him being there before Infinity War. I think it's before the Thanos thing or something. I don't know. Like, they reference Thanos, and then they also reference Bucky was staying in Wakanda. It's very, like I said, very throwaway. But they do say I, something. I I mean, imagine if like Black Panther Part Three was like the like the Thunderbolts invading Wakanda. Like, holy shit! Like, what the fuck? That would be some fucked up shit. Like, everybody's yeah. like, I, I don't know about that. And then she's like, No, you got to do it. We need vibranium. Yeah. Like, oh my it god! Be interesting. Oh, sorry, I yawned. <laughs> Movie's boring. Confirmed. No. Uh, um, <laughs> yes. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, my jaw was dropped through a lot of this film. I I will also say uh, Talokan. Um, the song that plays is a uh, a Spanish song about love, and one of the interesting things between Shuri and Namor was like there was this like there was this lovey dovey tension, like this mutual admiration, love, and respect for the culture, kind of like just this thing that you would see. In like almost an arranged marriage on screen where it was like, oh, I kind of have to do this. Um, I guess teach me your culture. And she slowly falls in love with it. And that's kind of something I felt in this movie. Not saying it's there, but I felt it. And when she went to uh, uh, Talokan and you heard the love song, I was like, okay, this is <laughs> this is interesting. Because, I mean, she's falling in love with their culture, but... There's also a, like a mutual admiration between her and Namor. I think, I don't know. I think that's such an interesting thing. Um, I don't know where they're going to take that in the future, but their dialogue together is such a beautiful thing. Even his backstory, like the way it was explained, I thought it was a little bit ham-fisted, but it, it kind of makes sense with the dialogue that, you know, that came before it. Sometimes it's oh, the why is not as, as important or the how is not as important as why, you know? So yeah. like, their stuff together really good. Uh, like I said, felt some lovey-dovey tension, some push and pull between their love of their each other's culture. Like especially when it comes out of the water, he's like, "Wow, this place is beautiful. Like the air is like untouched, and the water, you know." I, I I'm gonna make a slight joke here, Ty. In okay. It's very serious. Okay. <laughs> in this very serious and not super comedic movie. I, first of all. Very good movie. Um, let's rate this really quick. Um, would you give it an opening day or matinee? Ty, I think I speak for both of us. It's opening day. Oh yeah, always opening, opening day. day. Opening day. Yeah, for sure. Um, secondly, so well, I can't think of his name. He who's how do you pronounce his name that plays Namor? I know his name's Hinnock. Okay. Hinnock. Uh well, he was on an interview. Uh, I think it was with Kimmel, one of the Jimmies. He did. Um, he was talking about the the hand thing that the people of Talokan do. Yes, he said that they just wanted to do something in the vein, like he wanted to give them their their own version of the Wakanda Forever salute. And I really like. Well, that. also that um, I actually read an article early today that that's something Mesoamericans do. Was and that, really? that wasn't originally in the script, and he wanted to include it in the script. Oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's really fucking dope, dude. That is cool. But like, I really I want that. also somebody to edit it as a Kamehameha way from Dragon Ball. Every time I thought about it, I was like, oh, God. I was just waiting for someone <laughs> to say Kamehameha, man. 
<laughs> I was waiting for the same thing. Like when he put his hands in the little rock and did that, that was my first thought because it lit up. <laughs> and then when he went to Taloka and he just did it to everybody. And then after the movie, I couldn't stop doing it. It was just like Wakanda forever. I just could not stop doing it. Yeah. It's so cool. Uh, I, I really go ahead. No, no, Sorry. no. That was, I, I had really nothing else to say. I really like that Talokan, they they drew the parallel between Talokan and Wakanda because very similar in like the way they operate and whatnot. But I love more so that they stuck with this uh, almost pseudo-realistic design of like what it would look like actually underwater in the depths of the ocean. Um, And they didn't. It's interesting because Aquaman had that thing where it's like, oh, you know, we've been adapted to water, so we see things underwater differently. It's interesting that they they kept this design because in in my mind, it's not as uh, like exciting or vibrant. It's just right. a look into a different culture, and I like the fact that they didn't make it super exciting or vibrant. Like this is just a thing. This is yeah. a thing that exists. Yeah. It just felt real. I don't know. I just, no, I agree. I agree. I agree 150%. And, like, the inclusion of Mayan culture and, like, Mesoamerican stuff like that. Like, you know, when uh, Nakia goes down there and she speaks to the woman who's speaking Spanish to her. I was just like, man, that's so cool. Uh, I have a couple, like, people I work with who are Latino and they, they were like, how's that black Panther movie? I saw that, uh, there was a, uh, a lead who, you know, was Latino. And I was like, Oh, he's phenomenal, dude. You got to watch the movie. And they went and watched the movie and they were like, wow, that's so cool to see my culture represented in a movie. They were like my boss that that's who I told it to. And, uh, he's like, it's really cool and interesting because now I can understand why people care so much about like representation because we really haven't had that in a comic book movie before. And I was yeah. just like, ah, that's, that's lovely. Like I was, my ears were perking up when I was just seeing the culture and stuff. Cause that's the coolest thing about Wakanda that Ryan Cooler has just exploded and he does it better than anybody in the MCU, which is world building. Mm -hmm. So, uh, such good stuff, man. I don't know Ty, what else to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost feeling ignorant to ask, but where is this on your okay. box? This is on my number one. Yeah, I same. said, uh, I yeah, I said earlier that this is arguably the best film in the MCU, and this isn't a movie that I can watch every day. Like this is very much not to not to make like the comparison uh, because it's drastically different, but it feels like Endgame. It feels like uh, almost like a Logan. Like it's it's a send off, but it's almost a new beginning, and because of that, it hurts too much to watch this movie. But everything about this movie. I have no bitches. I have no complaints. I have literally no nitpicks other than Ryan Coogler falling into that trap. But he redeemed himself by making practical suits and taking the criticism of the first film and, uh, you know, f applying it to this movie, fixing it. Uh, I The action, the choreography is amazing. The music's amazing. The cinematography, using anamorphic lenses is amazing. Like, one of my biggest problems in the first one was when they had large crowds. Um... It, you could tell it was CGI, and here he was like, we're going to use an anamorphic lens and blur all that shit out. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's ingenious. That's that's great. I wouldn't have thought about that. And like, oh, man, it's oh, so, tears. Tears, man, tears. Like, oh, fuck. I haven't had a movie that hit me like this almost ever. And my wife looked me in the eye after the movie, after the mid credit scene, and I can I can read her the comments real fast that she made to me. She said, um, Black Panther was difficult to watch. It touched a part of my soul that I didn't realize was there. I feel like this movie achieved what Far From Home should have been for Peter Parker. The pain and suffering that Shuri experiences is relatable for anyone who has experienced loss. I feel like all I did for three hours was ball my eyeballs out. One of my favorite things about this movie is that it is gracefully evolving with social issues of the modern world while also bringing to light the atrocities of the past. And that's that literally that's that's all I have to say about this movie. I just oh my god, it deserves number 1. I think Endgame regardless was going to be my number 1 
and I don't think, especially after watching it twice, that I could ever put almost any movie above this. And maybe that's me being selfish of it and protective of it, but at the same time, I just I was fucking floored with this movie. Like, arguably, like I said, the best film in the MCU. Um, I just it's number one i don't know yeah. that's all i gotta say no, about no it. you're good i i agree this film hit a lot of beats for me and i'm really glad that they went there other than me being wanting other than me wanting to be like a greedy marvel snobby fan of being like why weren't we, we could have saw spider-man characters and i'm like that's that's stupid of me to ask i know that I know that social media and Twitter alike. I realize that it's really <laughs> shitty for me to ask that, but this movie deserves to be number one. It is oh, it is so fucking good. Oh, it's it's. I just I I think now in my mind, as somebody who's not a fan of the first Black Panther, and it's not because of any of the performances or anything like that. I just think it falls eventually into some cliches that the MCU got themselves into along with some of the worst like CGI and Marvel. Um, I, I think this movie, I don't know how people could rate the first black Panther, like a 95% watch this, which is an improvement in every single way from the first movie to the cinematography, to the score, to the, the performances and not give this a 100%. Like, this is honestly not only one of the best MCU films, but one of the best comic book movie films I have purely ever seen. And yes. I would argue... Oh, dude. Ron Tomatoes. Oh. It's at 85, it's I at think. It's at 84. Yeah. That, it blows my mind. Yeah. How can you... Fuck you, critics. I don't care if it's still certified fresh. This deserves at least a 96. I, I, it improves on the first one. It, like I think first Black Panther is 95, which is the highest rated... Of, right next to no way home this deserves to be higher than that it is an improvement every single way but i want to pause myself so i found the article um aztec empire uh reveals that the hand symbol that uh uh namor uses may mimic several pictures from the mesoamerican cultures uh, another curious detail is that talokan's war cry liki talokan or rise talokan in english was not the original script but in an interview for cinema blend actor Alex Livinali revealed that the Latinx cast of Wakanda Forever actually asked to have the symbol as powerful as the Wakanda one. So Kugler and the film's crew did their research to come up with the hand symbol and the war cry, a fact that underlines how filmmaking is a collective work, which I think is really cool. I I love that a lot, actually. It's so cool. I just, and the thought that, you how many different languages are in this film? Like 10? Uh, how many cultures are represented? I think it's insane that Ryan Coogler managed to respectfully deal with Chadwick Boseman's past, right? Set up the next movie, introduce a new Black Panther, introduce so many different cultures, introduce a new world, and then simultaneously direct some of the best performances that are in the MCU, and this is still an 84, 85%. What? Like, that... Oh, that. Bro, that that is an admirable feat. I don't know how anybody could watch this movie and not be like, "This is a work of art. This is a masterpiece." I I honestly don't see it. Like I've seen a lot of Twitter users uh, about this movie after I watch it, being like, "This is an average movie," and I'm like, "I don't know what movie." Like for example, I saw that somebody said this movie was a slog, and I'm like, "This movie is a very personal movie." I saw that movie about, and there were there was a part where I was like, "Okay, maybe we are." dragging a little bit but even then i was just still invested in the story i wasn't like all right let's yeah. pick this up let's move it along i was like okay we are we're focusing on this maybe we're, we're really focusing on this a lot and i'm like okay i don't even remember what part it was either and i'm just like i, I think I, I'm it was still when, invested in it and I'm, i wasn't i think like, it was I, when nakia went to rescue sherry i think that was like the stretch. And then they attacked Wakanda. I think I think that well that was a stretch for me after watching it the second time. Okay, maybe, maybe. that was it. I think it mine was towards the beginning. Not not during okay. the T'Challa death thing or anything. But it was something a little bit after that and I was just like, okay, yeah, we're focusing on this a lot. And I had that thought in my head I was like, okay, we're focusing on this a lot. And I was like, but I was still, like I said, I was still invested in the story. I'm not like, all right, let's speed it up. Let's move along. Keep it going. Like we got 
two hours and forty minutes to go through yet. But no, I it, it's a it's a good movie. I really liked it. It's long, but it's good. I just I just don't like. It's interesting for somebody to say this is a slog when. If you're watching this movie, you know exactly. That's that's my problem with what it's disingenuous. When you watch a movie, and you get the sense immediately what kind of movie this is going to be, and you know from the start what kind of movie this is going to be. It's a very personal film. It's a very like I said, the use of anamorphic limbs uh, blends out the subjects, and it's just the subjects sitting there talking to each other about their feelings. It's very personal, and that's the kind of movie it is. It's it's a very slow deliberate paced movie that talk about exactly what happened in all of these people's lives that are extremely traumatic. So I think people being like, Oh, this is a slog. I'm like, well, you're not, you know, um, you're not appreciating Angela Bassett's shoulder roll. Yeah. You're not appreciate. You're not appreciating, um, uh, grunts. There's subtlety here. It's the little things. And the fact that Ryan Coogler nailed the big things, the medium-sized things, the little things, the world building, the music. Like, I mean, just, just, I, it's just phenomenal. It took my breath away several times. So I just. Yeah, for real. I agree. I mean, all, all I could say at the end was like, I just wanted to say Wakanda forever. Cause I just felt a sense of pride. Wakanda I was just like, wow. Forever. Yes. What? Okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, I have nothing else to say about this movie. It's a, it's a must-see. Go see it if you haven't. Um, if you stuck around for this during our little spoiler chat uh, and you haven't seen the movie, go fucking see it. Um, don't yell at us because we talked about spoilers. I know we did in the past where we just went straight. This is a spoiler episode. Um, we gave you the heads-up warning, but I wanted to cover this one a little bit differently. And I'm, I like that we did that. So. It's yeah. just, it's just in this is a big movie, Chadwick Boseman. So. Yeah, it's it's uh definitely the best Phase Four movie. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt. This um, this closed best... Phase Four out with a fucking banger. Oh yeah, it did. I think I think Phase Four is in such an interesting place because it tried so many different things, and because of that, it succeeded with Flying Colors for me. Um, I mean, for this movie to be so different from the first one is just is a feat. Like unimaginable yeah. feat. Yeah. That's all I got. Number That's one, got. baby. Number one. Um. All right. That's crazy. That's above crazy. Amazing Spider-Man. That's crazy. It's above She-Hulk for me. Oh, Dude. man. That's crazy. I know how much you like both of those. Yeah. Ty, feel free to edit this part out, but are we still repeat studios? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening across the multiverse this is a repeat studios podcast where we have a podcast for all your wants and needs you've been listening to mcu on repeat for the last hour or so we uh you we have a dcu on repeat podcast where grace and i talk about all the various different things throughout the dc universe currently uh we're going to be talking about wonder woman 1984 soon um that's going to be uh interesting to say the least ty and our lovely uh like his, his lovely co-host uh, sl are on the world's finest podcast you can find them at the wf cast i believe is the handle and yes, you sir. can follow ty on his journey through halo with halo underscore lorecast over on the socials um where he talks about everything halo uh, Chad and him also are going through Arkham Origins on our Patreon, which you can subscribe to for $6 a month. We have a current limited deal where it's a dollar. Uh, you can join in. You get access to early episodes. You get access to our podcast, everything all at once there, where we talk about literally anything and everything. Uh, and he and Chad are doing a game one uh, called D-Bags and D-Pads, currently going through Arkham Origins. I listened to the first episode, and um, yeah, it's good. Hell yeah. Buge, hey, big, big thank you to our Patreon producers, Garrick, Chad, and Orexi, and a big thank you to Focal Drifts and Why Not Stuff for providing multiple pieces of art for the various podcasts under Repeat Studios, and a big thank you to Swinterton, Locks, Music, Augusto Denise for all of our musical themes. 
Whew. Got a big family. Big repeat studios. Familia. Yeah. That's it. Thank That's you all guys I got. so much for listening. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow because it's going to come up. This is going to be releasing on Sunday. Uh, tomorrow, Monday, we're going to be talking about the first five episodes of Cloak and Dagger. I have not started watching that yet. Me neither. It, it'll it be fine. Oh, oh, I do want to say before we close out. So okay. my first night uh, watching Wakanda Forever, uh, I was sitting in the row that I usually sit in, and the trailers played, everything played, and then I heard... Dun, 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 dun. And it's the Black Adam music. And I know this because I want to watch Black Adam. I fucking stormed out of that bitch. Manager, manager. Hey, you're playing Black Adam, not Black Panther. And he was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then I went back and I told everybody. I'm like, hey, sorry, they're playing Black Adam for those of you who haven't seen it, because I saw Kondok, and I was like, not this shit again. And uh, somebody started playing... Uh, Somebody started playing the Rick Roll song, and I was just like, <laughs> yes. Set the mood perfectly. Did they eventually <laughs> play Black Panther that night? They did. They did. They, they played it right God. after I take it? Yes. It took them five minutes, but they, they redid everything, and I was like, because I was like, did please don't play, play the trailers, trailers again. again. No, 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 no. <laughs> because everybody was talking. Yeah, because everybody was talking, so I didn't hear Shuri's voiceover in the beginning. So it was like, because it's a black screen and she just goes bass. And I'm like, what? And then people were like, oh, I guess the movie's starting. And so when I watched it again on Friday, I was like, oh, that's what she said. <sighs> that is so <laughs> funny. Pissed if you want to listen to our Black Adam view, you can go on DCU on repeat. Grace and I talked about that one. But yeah. Oh, that's really fucking funny. <laughs> what a way to end the show. What a banger of an ending. <laughs> that's all i got <laughs> all right guys thank you so much we'll see you guys tomorrow